welcome to the Books of the Month show. I am your host, Dr. Marilyn Todman, and today my special guest is Sid Petherbridge. Sid, welcome to the show today. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you folks. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm loving the title of your book. We had a chance to talk earlier today, and I'm loving your story, your life story. And I'm excited about our audience being able to hear your story, your life story, and just a little bit of it, and how it came into a book. And the topic of your book, the title of your book is Chosen to serve. And so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your book? I came up with that title because I saw there's two, two styles of people. One are leaders and others are the employees, their servants. And I was very, very okay to be a servant and to serve people. In all my life, I've cared more about helping people than serving people. Um, to see them happy and move forward in life such as myself, rather than try to make money out of everything. So I wanted to write the book to share my story and my adventure, but not expecting money out of it. Never was it for sales and money. It was pure to encourage, inspire uh, people that they can overcome difficult situations. Absolutely. You know, I know that your book is not necessarily a religious book, but I do think about a scripture in the Bible where it says that many are called, but few are chosen. Do you believe that you're one of those that are chosen based on the top of your book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, another scripture that I don't know the reference to that you can say to for the title of the book is the first will be last. Well, I don't mind being the last in helping people if that will glorify my Lord Jesus Christ when I go to heaven and then can be put in a position that he wants me to be in for his glory. Yes, absolutely. Um, based on your life story and some of the things that happened, I understand that you were adopted at birth. And um, from the time of, of you being born and the time that you can remember growing up, what are some of the things that you brought into your book about being chosen to serve? Very good. When I was a, a, adopted at birth, I have a twin brother who's in the book. His name's Nate, Nathan. We, we were both adopted immediately at birth. What I understand now is that it was a military uh, couple, and neither one of them wanted to affect their careers. They were officers and didn't want to uh, affect their career, so decided to put us up for adoption. Immediately of being a, a, adopted in the state of Hawaii, actually it was a territory one year before it became the state of Hawaii. It was the territory of Hawaii. Um, mm -hmm. We were immediately adopted to this couple um, because there was a long waiting list, as I understand it, for white baby boys. But the people on the panel who decided um, contacted my parents, my adopted parents, and said, would you like to have two twins? And they both thought that is a gift of God because they didn't have to wait in this long list. So they immediately flew from one of the outer islands into Honolulu. And upon our birth, we're automatically signed over and given to them as adoptive parents. And then they took us back. So that's they, meaning the twin two of us. And one of the uh, things that in our early childhood that we quickly, my brother and I, twin brother and I quickly became like best friends 
rather than brothers. Now, you know, and I, I mean that in the sense that uh, as best friends, we knew almost everything about each other. And in the mm -hmm. book, I described later what's called the secret twin language, your secret identical twin language. So growing up, I had a five-year brother, five-year-old brother older than me, and he too was adopted, um, but he only stayed with our family for a few years. So my twin brother and I just bonded very close into towards teen years and stayed bonded even to this day. Um, but we had very good parents that raised us with decent morals and values. Yes, yes. So you had the opportunity. It was really a blessing for you um, to have a family that literally chose you, you know, because they didn't have to choose you. So you were actually, you and your twin were actually born chosen. And so yes. you were able to see your your parents being able to serve. And what were some of the things that you saw with your parents to really teach you how to become the servant that you are today. Thank you. One of the first things I noticed was that they spent a lot of time studying the Bible, scriptures. They were both teachers, and so they loved to do that. But in addition to being teachers at the church and teachers professionally, they became leaders of the church. Um, and my father and grandfather were both pastors for many years at the different church, at the churches uh, that we attended. Um, my mother got up as high as she could, which is called a deacon. In some churches, they call them elders, but it's the same thing, just a different title. That really inspired mm -hmm. me a lot. And then as I got older and older and saw how they lived their lives and made decisions and always cared about people, I took on those morals and values and said, caring about people and helping people is more important than anything I can be selfish about. Yes, absolutely. Well, certainly we can see that it was certainly God's plan um, for your parents to be able to raise you and your twin. And um, I see now that even as you have, have grown and, and an older man now that you're still sharing the message of being a servant. And so can you tell me a little bit about what are you doing today as far as being able to serve? Ah, well, that's good. Um, when I was single back in Hawaii, I chose my first year to go to Oregon for school, college, and play soccer. And while I was doing that, I met a, a, a young adult man, Christian man, who would become my mentor for the next couple of years. He opened a incredible door for me to travel up to Washington State to work at a Christian camp. And his camp carried 200 kids per week. So I was right on the edge of the Canadian border and the American Washington state border. And my point for bringing that is, is that I began to learn real quick when you have about 10 campers coming in of different ages every week, you have just a little bit of time to make them have a good time, but that's serving them and giving them the gospel of Christ. And then they leave hopefully in a better way. So as that developed and I moved up into leadership, I became one of the directors overseeing a staff of 65. That meant not only telling them what their jobs were going to do, 
but serving them by saying when they came to me and said, can I go do this because it sounds fun? For instance, water skiing, they want to be an instructor or a parasailing or a canoe instructor, something different that's not on the land. I had the power to give it to them. And I did that two different years uh, working in Washington and never got to my ego. It was how can I serve them best? And I learned from that. When I got back to Hawaii, in uh, working for YMCA, the Young Men's Christian Association in Honolulu, Hawaii, in January of 1990, I was selected, of uh, two of us selected out of a, a five to become a United States Goodwill Ambassador to travel wow. to the Fiji Islands representing the United States of America. Now I was, and that's in the book, but now I was the white American and he was a Japanese American. And so out of the five people, and I don't know the others, we were selected to go. We'd never met each other before, but we went down to live in a, a, a village, which was like a third world village for 10 days. And we were to learn and be from them. Well, we were chosen because we had the servanthood attitude. We weren't going yes. down there and we were trained. Do not go down there being an arrogant American. There's no McDonald's there. You're going to eat the indigenous food that the natives in the village eat. Thank God there was some yes. fruit, but a lot of it was very bad. Um, yes. But anyway, surviving and passing that on uh, is also what inspired me majorly to not only move to California in a career move, but to write the book. So this is a story yes. that's got to be told. Because yes. in a short note, since it's in the book, I don't want to spoil it. In a short note, we were trained and taught, do not go near the high chief. That, that's against the law in their village. And the chief is the law. If he says somebody gets killed, they get killed by his warriors. And, and believe it or not, in this day and age, that was January of 1990. And through two or three days, by chance, I was standing at a lunch place where we eat, or like dining hall type thing, but it's just a, a hut. My translator comes to me and says, Sid, would you come with me? And I was like, okay. And not knowing where we were going, he walks me right into this hut and shows me where to sit. And as soon as I sat down, about 20 men just scooted real close, as close as they could to me, wanting to hear every word that I was going to say. And as they were getting themselves set, I looked off to my right shoulder, and about 10 to 12 feet away was the high chief, who I was told never to be anywhere near. Anyway, the short story is I'm alive. They asked me two questions, which I knew nothing about, but God gave me the words. And that was part of the major part of the book. Wow, this is really amazing. So definitely, um, viewers, those of you that are tuning in, you definitely um, want to get a copy of this book. And and the reason I say that is because you said something so significant and i believe our viewers can really appreciate it you did not write this book for sales you had a mission when you wrote this book and you wrote this book to be able to help other inspire and encourage others to understand the power of servanthood to understand how imp important it is for us to serve and i really believe that those of you that are tuning in today you do need to get a copy of this book 
because I do know that it's going to inspire, it's going to empower, and you're going to get to hear more about Sid, his life story, and even some of the things that's on his heart. So Sid, as we're getting ready to close, I think we have a couple of more minutes. Can you please give our audience just a sneak preview of maybe your favorite chapter in the book? I would have to say my favorite tra chapter truly is the Fiji story, because it would seem as the circumstances unfolded that I should not be alive based on the situation. But God gave me the words to talk in front of the elders and in front of the high chief. And the two questions that they asked me, one is about youth. Our youth are leaving. They're going to college. They're not coming back. So they were asking me a youth psychology question. I had no training at all at that point to give them any advice about how to handle their youth. But I fell back on my early morals and values that my parents and grandparents taught me about respecting your elders. And they love that answer. Then the second question they asked from the high chief was about real estate, their Fiji real estate. I know nothing about real estate, let alone Fiji real estate. So I answered them with the best heart answer I had about my background and information. And thank God they loved it. So I then asked politely to excuse myself, which they let me go. And I was leaving in a favorable mode instead of a, a disaster. That is absolutely amazing. And I do understand that your book do have some humor in it as well. So viewers, Get on Amazon and get a copy of this amazing book. It's going to be a blessing to you. I want to thank you so much, Sid, for coming on the show today and inspiring so many people around the world because I think it's really amazing in what you're doing. And thank you so much, Sid. Thank you for having me. And thank me. you so much for those who are tuning in today to Books of the Month Show.